Hello, human family. I'm Jocelyn, and I am grateful you're here. Welcome to the Starting with Gratitude podcast. This is a safe space intended to host heart-centered conversations exploring all topics of the human and spiritual experience. Every conversation starts with gratitude and remains rooted in gratitude. After you listen, make sure to join the community by subscribing and sharing. I am so happy you have joined us. It's your girl, your host, Jocelyn. Y como siempre, I am so grateful you are here tuning into this very special conversation with someone I am so honored to exchange conversation with and share space with. Ray Elbert, who is a clairvoyant seer, medicine woman, spiritual teacher, faith healer, published writer, humanitarian, environmentalist, global activist, community leader, ceremonialist, visionary, and a renowned international speaker on subject matters related to consciousness, spirituality, faith, mysticism, spiritual ecology, inspiration, motivation, and prophecy. Rayel has studied, trained, and been immersed since childhood in religious mysticism, religious theology, curanderismo, faith healing, intercessory prayer, metaphysics, meditation, esoteric, ancient astrology, ceremonial plant medicine, traditional herbalism, quantum mechanics, mindfulness, intergenerational trauma, and lineage healing and spiritual ecology. I can go on with Rayel's introduction, but from what you've gathered, this is an incredible human and spirit, and this is going to be a great conversation. Ray, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so we start these conversations with gratitude, and I'd love for you to share with us what it is that you currently feel grateful for. I did write it down. I did write it down. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, what I'm grateful for is my relationship with spirit, but also what came through for this conversation was God's timing. I think timing is really special and sacred. And I think it's something that's underrated, you know, but it is like almost a very powerful experience when you think about timing. Definitely. And it's interesting that you bring up divine timing because lately lately timing has just felt extra divine i don't know what it is but like divine timing has been divine timing lately right <laughs> and i you mentioned that divine timing is underrated and i feel called to respond to that by asking you why do you feel it's underrated there's there's so many layers to it um well first let's start off with the timing of us having this conversation, because when you wanted to have this conversation, it was like during 2020, before the pandemic, I think. And the timing, I just feel like there was so much happening where it was kind of like I need to teach and like share more before I start doing interviews with people, because like people know me online, but they don't. And I feel like it's been my armor to be mysterious <laughs> but during 2020 it felt like a shift of like share more publicly 
Um, so people get to really know the depths that you carry so that when you do have conversations with people, it's going to be more enriching, you know? So I believe in the timing of that, but also I think in general, I think my path has been, it's been a good testament about timing. Um, I think, especially when you're on the spiritual path and you're on the internet, you see a lot of people get super popular, maybe super fast or certain things happen. And it's kind of like, it's a lot of generic stuff or just like these conversations are not as rooted as they should be. And so I feel like I, it was a big thing on my path about faith and like, are you doing things for the right reason? Really strengthening integrity and really being firm of I know where I stand and I know the medicine that I'm supposed to be sharing with people and the timing will come when it will be raised time to like talk. Yes. Yes. And it's funny that you bring up the timing of this conversation because when I looked back at when I first reached out to you in 2020, um, or I, I think it was like, I think it was actually 2021. Um, I, I was like, reflecting on where I was with this podcast and where I was with like my own development of like guiding conversation more publicly and openly. I was like, yeah, I feel like this is the right timing where we're supposed to have this conversation. It would have been a totally different dynamic and energy had we had it then. Um, And something that I feel called to bring up that has been on my mind that I mentioned to a friend recently is like, Whenever I find myself straying off into worry or doubt, Mm -hmm. I'm very intentional about reminding myself of what my beliefs are. And one of my beliefs is that there is divine timing. And so if I'm really going to believe in divine timing, then I have to surrender to that. I have to trust that. What does that ask of me? What does that require of me? And I think it was, yeah, it was before we started recording this conversation, you mentioned that you just feel like people have the tendency to kind of give up a little too soon. And I definitely want to expand more on that because I feel like we're in such pivotal, significant times right now. that you want to see this through. Like you don't want to give up right now. (laughs) Definitely not. Yeah. So the way that I wanted to start this conversation is typically I ask my guests, how would you describe this current season of your life? But with you, I'd like to ask, how would you describe this current season of the collective? That's a good question. you know, it's it's interesting that you ask that question because I do classes and what came through during one of my classes that I was teaching people was this autumn season, it's a shift. Like, I feel like some big things are going to happen in our collective, but what's important is to know that it goes back to faith and it goes back to being very grounded in your path, because I think there's a part in spirituality where we are all wanting to break free from trauma, break free from 
hardship and troubled times. And so there's a part in spirituality where it's like manifestation and there's goodness and there's beauty. And and I think we all want that. And I think it's okay. And it's um, a birthright for all of us. But at the same time, I think that there's a part on the path that's not talked about enough, which is, are you able to persevere when you see the world collapse? Because if you know on one aspect that this world is corrupted and it's an illusion and there's a lot of darkness, we have to match our words with our prayers, you know, because I think that there's a there's a part of us that says we want negative energy to leave the planet. We want evil to be gone, for example. And then when we see the world on the outside crumble and go through a detoxing, I think we all get freaked out like the world is over, we're over. And I think that that's where the timing and the and the faith and integrity comes in, because it's like you have to be really, really in yourself to know that you are separated from that, right? Like there's a collective where we are all family, but then there's another aspect to it, which is like, there's an illusion that has to crumble. Celebrate that things are being revealed. Celebrate that there's revolutions being, that's taking place. You know, celebrate that people are getting called out that are these professional top-notch people being exposed because that's part of our ascension. That's part of the cleanup that's supposed to happen. But I think that sometimes there's a lot of people on the path that still get emotionally locked into it, that if they're suffering, I'm suffering, and it's not, right? Their suffering is uh, is a, a symptom to our healing, right? The more we're doing healing in like personally, but also I think especially 2020 was very loud in an interesting way about ancestral healing. I definitely saw a big boom of like generational healing, healing our lineages, right? And so now that we're going to that part of the path where it's like we're healing not just us, but our family tree, that also means that we're healing energetically, emotionally and spiritually, that a lot of trauma and even darkness that came from colonialism, that came from oppression, um, that healing is taking place where all that's being healed and being removed from our ancestors. So what is our ancestors' response? They're going to make sure that we have a big revolution of let them fall, <laughs> you know, let, let, um, let platforms and institutions that were never for us let it crumble and just know that that's a good thing and not a bad thing. So I think there's that part of faith of like really knowing that being a part of a, a corrupted society isn't going to benefit you, right? Knowing that you can walk away from it is the liberation. But, you, but I think there's also this thing where you have to really be for your own liberation, you know, I think that's where the test comes in of like, am I really about this freedom life? Because if you see things that are of an institution or a structure and it's kept you in all of us in a place of a comfort zone, are you really ready to let the comfort zone leave? Because on a higher level, you should, you should, 
But I think that's where we are tested in our in individually on our path of like, am I really about this life and this ascension and freedom and a healing to take place? Or am I scared because things are being cleaned out? So I think that's where we're, we are in our season right now globally, um, because I do say that we're in a global dark night of the soul. Um, but I think a dark night of the soul is also underrated in the spiritual community because it's like a evil, dark time. And it's, but it really is kind of like your your initiation, like because like spirit works in miracles, you know, in magical ways, because if spirit knows that from a lineage and ancestral point that they really believed in rites of passage for all of us, no matter what country or tribe you come from. And then that was stripped away from us. Spirit made sure that we're still going to have a rites of passage, which is a dark night of the soul, you know? Um, and that's our entrance point. So I think globally they're at their entrance point, you know, while we've already done the work, millions of more is now about to do the work and we should just hold space for it. But also, they just need to know, like, not to freak out because there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. It's so interesting how you shared all of this because what I have written down for our conversation, basically, I wanted this conversation is for us to kind of talk about what we've each been kind of sensing um, taking place and kind of like breaking that down. And you walked through everything. <laughs> you like touched on everything that I want to expand on. So, that's what we're going to do. And I was going to follow this up by asking you, you know, this, you just described like the the present season of the collective. I was going to ask you, okay, what's the past and future yeah. season of the collective? If currently collectively we're experiencing the, the dismantling of illusions, yeah. then I'm guessing prior to that, we've just kind of been comfortable in, in the illusions. That was like the past season. And it just got to a point where it couldn't go on any longer. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I will say that the shift happened a long time ago. It's just, I, I believe like every decade, every 10 years, there's a new peak. And each yeah. peak we should be happy with. But if you've been on the journey you know that the peaks are worth it. Now, if you started, you know, 2017 and or 2020, and it's still early for you, this can feel like a lot. Um, but I really feel like the revolution for all of us. And when I when I say revolution, it's about human rights. It's about calling out oppression and we've gotten stronger and more intelligent as times went on and more detailed of what that means for us. Um, but that all started like in the sixties, like 60s, 70s, that time period was the, the initiation, which, you know, people say it's like the age of Aquarius. It's the, the hippie revolution, but that was a key point because if you think about before that times were really dark, um, segregation racism like and that still exists but it was deep into it you know and then there was just a shift right so i think we're all going through that in peaks you know of like huge moments of outcry of healing of really connecting to spirit whatever that means for you and so the past was 
like a two path kind of thing. You're either tapped in um, and you may have been an outcast. That's how I would describe the past. If you were spiritually awakened, you were outcast. You know, you didn't have people in school that understood the things that you're into, whether that's like horoscopes at the in the magazines or listen, you know, doing tarot, you know, because that was, you know, witchy and scary, you know, but if you were already like that kid, that hippie kid or that emo kid, <laughs> you were kind of already feeling those things, but it was not, it wasn't many people that looked like us, right. That felt those things. Um, so it was more of like awakening, but more quiet, you know, and then there's the other path, which is like heavy illusion playing out. Now it's kind of like a big boom since 2012 of like, there's a lot more people who are being loud about their awakening. And now we can find each other and have community and friendships. So I think that's kind of how I would describe the past and its progression. The future is interesting because I feel like the future is very bright. But that goes back to that faith and that timing. <laughs> you got to believe in the cleanup now is important. And I will say like hurtfulness and corruption and darkness, it's losing, but it gets louder. You know, if an enemy or the, you know, something that's um, negative is losing a battle, it gets louder and more dramatic. And I think that's really a good metaphor of how it is right now. It's really dramatic, but it's because it's doing its last cries. <laughs> but our future looks really bright and it feels very close. I feel like that's important to say because I'm very big on words, you know, because I'm a big writer, you know, so words have power. But I really think even verbally, words have power. And a lot of people may not be as mindful with words because in one aspect, words are healing and affirmative. They can also be destructive. But words are also kind of like spells and intentions that are being sent out. So when people say, you know, we have an ascension, but we have to wait another 200 years to see it. That's not motivating anybody to like be pumped up for it. So I really feel like we have to be intentional about how soon goodness can come to us. Um, and especially if we're healing our trauma, because when we've been in our trauma body, or our pain body. All you know is that, you know, trauma is quick. It could be up close to you and spirit or, you know, the universe. It wants you to believe in something else that it's always been there, too. And you can have that at the tip of your fingers, you know. So if you really see life in that way, you will know and you will feel it and tune into it that something big and beautiful is really getting closer and we should not freak out. We should run to it. Yes, yes. And I I did hear you mention in another um interview that you had that a lot of people experience like a dark night of soul of the soul around 2011 and it's I found that so interesting because I definitely experienced that around that time and I have had conversations with others who also went through a dark night of the soul around that time. And again, in 2020, in like a new way that like really brought forth greater expansion and deeper yeah. clarity of like, 
even deeper healing that needed to be done. And I feel like this journey somewhat all begins with this deep desire for expansion, Mm -hmm. like deep desire for higher potentials. And sometimes that looks like, which I feel like this is what it looked like in 2020, a deep desire for liberation. Mm. And I feel like that's what a lot of people experienced in 2020 was like a deep desire to be liberated in so many different ways and that leading them to asking themselves what what is there outside of this? What are the other possibilities? Um, Not only outside of me, but within me. And... I'd like for you to touch on that too. If you feel, if you've sensed that too, like this Mm -hmm. deep, like that's where it begins. Like this desire for experiencing a higher potential of life. It's really interesting. As you said that, I was kind of getting all these messages coming in. Um, A good metaphor, because sometimes I speak in metaphors and they make sense. But the metaphor that came through is like, we just left the age of Pisces, which is like the age of feeling. We had to feel into it. Um, And we're in, or we're going into this age of Aquarius, which is because it's air, it's about communicating it. Like we felt it and now you have to vocalize it. And so when you say like, you know, liberation, when I think about 2012, as people were going through like a personal dark night of the soul, it was about feeling your way into freedom and feeling your way into, I need to be healed because I'm important and not in an arrogant narcissist way. Cause you know, the dark night of the soul is kind of freeing you from people like that, you know? Um, But it's more like feel into your liberation first, let it be one with you and your body. And that's why the dark night of the soul is so emotional because you have to feel into it. Now we're in a place where 2020 is interesting how you said like it's a new level of a dark night of the soul because now it's like articulating and actually saying it. And um, and I think you needed all those years before 2020 to feel it so much to kind of redefine, well, what is the word liberation and what does that mean for me? You know, how do you rewrite history and time? and include yourself into it. That's why I feel like I'm very big on like um, futurism, you know, Afrofuturism, um, Hispanic futurism, like include yourself when you look into the future, you know, people of color is not just um, a very futuristic um, downtown where things are floating, we have hovercrafts and like, but include yourself into something like that, you know? So now it's like speaking, speak it into existence, you know, and really mean what you say, you know, feel what you say, but mean what you say, you know? And I think this is the time where we're in a new level on the path about intentions, you know, like you felt your intentions, now live in them, you know, let your your intentions and prayers actually open doors for you, you know, and not just keep it in a daydream kind of feel, you know, because that's Pisces, you know, you kind of daydream into it, you meditate into it. But now it's kind of like, okay, walk into it, walk into that reality. And um, I feel like that's why Spirit has been more vocal with me in a very new way this year about Ray 
when we talk about timelines, make it very grounded of a word um, and not just too mystical and airy fairy. You know, like timelines are a real thing, but we have to ground into that concept of like leaving a timeline is really leaving a certain mindset and belief that never served you um, or even belief systems that served you partially. But spirit is kind of like you have the whole thing and not partial. So it's like move into what you feel and um, be your healing. I think that's a big thing is like be your healing, be your whole self. Um, And the biggest thing this year has been about helping people really give themselves permission. You know, and so as we said earlier about like this healing or this awakening happened, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, and it continued until, you know, 2011 of us feeling into it. Um, How I said, like, we were all silent, you know, silent people who are experiencing it. So now it's kind of like, why? Because when we think about trauma, the first thing that goes or is taken away from us is our throat chakra. You know, so it's like you feel and you're emo, (laughs) you're feeling all the music, you're (laughs) you're connecting to the arts in new ways. But that's because you can't talk. Mm -hmm. You just have to let other sounds and frequencies and colors be your expression. Mm -hmm. So now it's kind of like 2020 is like, okay, open up that throat chakra, (laughs) speak it out. And I think that's where we're where we're at. Yes. Yes. I love that you brought that up because. That's exactly how, I mean, I definitely resonate with that. And I feel like I'm going to use myself as an example. And I feel like perhaps some that some or most that are listening can resonate, but like, you know, the first dark night of the soul that I experienced, it was a very kind of like to myself kind of thing and to myself feeling like, okay, I've healed all of this. I found my footing. I mean, it was years of dark night of the soul, but I was like, okay, this is never going to happen again. I got this. And And then the, you know, another wave of the dark night of the soul comes, which I feel like it's all cyclical, right? It's going to keep coming back around just so you can see deeper revelations and mirrors and healings. Um, but that's exactly what happened. Like, reflections of what I thought I healed were mm-hmm. revealed to me in a deeper way of like, okay, actually there's more work to be done. Um, but now is the divine time to do it. And now is the time to actually integrate it. Cause I thought it was integrated, but it actually wasn't integrated. It wasn't fully embodied in me. And I feel like that, and you touched on this is a large part of what people are experiencing now is like really embodying the healing, the awakening, the spiritual alignment. And a part of that embodiment is really stepping into the power of your voice. Um, And I feel like a lot of people have sensed that. So this deep desire for expansion, for experiencing your higher potential, for being liberated, you have this desire and then you realize, and I just want to disclaim, The way that I'm going to be guiding this conversation, like it's not necessarily in this order, but this is how it came to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you ask yourself, okay, well, I'm becoming aware of, you know, this higher potential. I have this feeling that there's a higher potential, but what has actually held me back 
from reaching this higher potential. That's when you start turning inward and asking yourself, what has held me back? How have I been my own blockage in Mm. experiencing my higher potentials? And you start, I feel like that is maybe where you're at a crossroads of like, okay, have this awareness, either I'm going to choose the path of taking accountability and taking responsibility and going into the unknowns, or I'm going to keep walking the path of avoidance. Mm. And I feel like that crossroads was, or that fork in the road was very transparent for a lot of people in the past couple of years. Like we witnessed it in ourselves more transparently, but also in the people around us, in the society, in the cultures and all like in the world around us, it was more transparent of like, who was picking what path? There's a lot that came when you were saying that. So the first thing I want to say is when you said um, earlier, you know, I didn't feel like I I, I fully integrated it. Um, spirit wants to correct that, that you did integrate it, but it was just energy. You know, you let the energy come in and then it's like, okay, chapter two, do the physical action. You know, but you did download it into you processed it. Um, now, the other part is like, it's interesting when you said, you know, do, do you choose the path of avoidance or do you show up into it? Um, what came to me is that when we leave history or relationships that are trauma, you learn how to be invisible, you know, or they forced you into that invisibility so that you can caretake and do what you have to do to make other people happy. And it's a very much a force energy of how you have to be, um, you have to be in roles of like people pleasing and silencing and biting your tongue and kind of going with the motion of others. So it's really with that, you were kind of forced into avoidance, you know? So when when we're going through a healing journey and it's like, are you going to take avoidance? It's really kind of like, you didn't. it wasn't your free will to say I wanted the avoidance, but it's just kind of like, a, I'm used to people saying, do this and do that. And you're, and you're not, you're not used to you being independent in a, in a new way that's empowering. So that's why I think on the spiritual path, it is emotional and scary for people mm-hmm. when the word accountability comes up. Cause it's like, you just left trauma where people are not accountable. So it's like, how do I show up into accountability if I'm not even used to people around me being accountable for their actions and apologizing to me and making the behavioral and personality changes that they need to do to make sure that they're not hurtful people or abusive people. So I think that's, it's, it is a crossroads, but it's just kind of a, I would say a sitting point, you know, just sit and be still. And that's a liminal space because there's a lot to process into that of like, well, what is accountability um, for me. And also you have to process anger because that's part of the purge and the detoxing is let every emotion come out. So when spirit says, Hey, you have to be accountable and show up, you know, there's kind of a, 
it's interesting because it's kind of like a it's on purpose that's supposed to piss you off because you know if you think about like a good sports movie how a coach sees something great in a particular student but it's that one student that the coach is always going to nitpick and kind of it appears that it's like the coach hates me you know like why am I being the one that's being like every little thing is being monitored and like correct it, heal it, be better than the rest of the team. And it's like, but why me? <laughs> so, but it's because the coach sees like you are the champion of this whole thing. Right. So it's kind of like that spiritually of like, Hey, do accountability. What? No one's accountable, you know? And it's kind of like, but you have greatness in you and you have a purpose and you have deeper than a purpose. You have a destiny that I'm waiting for you to unfold and unlock because you're supposed to change a lot more than where you think, where where you're at. You're supposed to change that, but you have way more in store of how great you're, you are meant to be. And I need to let you see it, but you have to show up into it. So if you're going to be a great person one day, you have to be an accountable person. You have to be a mindful person. You have to be a person where you are different from your peers and from your abusers. So yeah, you have to do this accountability thing and it is a healthy word and it's a healthy action. Um, But that's part of being healed. You know, you have to do healing things. You have to do healthy things to, to really embody your healing. So yeah, you have to be different than the people you left behind um, that weren't serving you. So it's kind of like, oh, if you see it in that way, it's kind of like, okay, I can be empowered into it and I can do accountability. I love that. That was very beautifully expressed. And I started this part of the conversation by, you know, saying that you ask yourself, what has held me back? That's where you start kind of like questioning yourself and questioning your path and where you're at and it can feel existential. What other questions do you feel are essential or awakening or helpful to ask oneself when they're at that point? That's a good one. Um, I would say an important question to ask yourself when you're going into your solitude season, which is also underrated. People don't like the solitude season, but it's needed for sure of being alone. But I think an important question to ask is, am I going to be ready to hear my heart actually talk to me? Because when you're in your season of aloneness, Aloneness is different than loneliness. And when you're used to trauma and dysfunction and bad relationships, even romantically, when it's like chaos that you're used to and people are always in their shadow and you see that a whole society is built off that and like society functions in a weird way, it functions very greatly if you're in your shadow because everyone's in their shadow. So it's kind of like a shadow world, (laughs) you know, that we're physically seeing. But when you step away from it and you heal, it's interesting that you see shadows and then in your spiritual journey, it calls you into your cave, which is like a cave is dark. But it's not a shadow. It's kind of like a healing temple that you're supposed to be in, even though it's like 
energetic and emotional and you're not actually in a physical cave, you're in your healing temple. And that's something that when I was going through a deep part of my healing, I I felt that like I'm in a I feel a presence of angels showing up and there's a whole council of spirits and ancestors that are really here with me talking to me. And with that, I needed my season of being in my cave because you have to purge it out, cry it out. But the biggest thing that I remember that happened is one day um, spirit was like, okay, you've, you've healed everything that has to do with people, you know, the people that did you wrong, the people that hurt you, abused you. Um, but Ray, you're at the next level. And I have to tell you something. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And it's kind of like, okay, you, you have to get to a point where it's not about still blaming other people. Now it's kind of like, in what ways did you play a role in certain things? Of Did you stay a little bit longer? in those friendships and relationships when you know I gave you a thousand signs and you know you're intuitive and you definitely ignored me. So you have to show up to say, sorry, right? And that's really an emotional one when you have to apologize to you, you know? And that's where real transformation comes and like that's radical healing is when you have to apologize for all the times that you didn't show up for yourself. And that's what I mean. That's what I mean when I say, you know, let your heart speak. But you have to actually ask that question of, am I ready to really hear what I have to say to myself? Because that's a one that's a powerful one, but it's a one that's needed of like. I need to know how I really feel. And that's what that feeling part of our of our journey of why that's so important. You know, you have to feel, but you have to really feel feel everything the the ways we didn't show up for us the ways that we did and it was scary the ways that we should have said something when we didn't um because that's the real testament of self-love i think the internet has a a version of self-love that's important you know but it's it's becoming a little bit too focused on the superficial and like buying your way into self-love and you know, we need our vacations, we need our our tools, but real self-love is showing up for me, you know, showing up inward to your heart. And that's why I wrote a long time ago, and it resonates of, I wrote, you know, the heart is your last initiation, because that's the one chakra people avoid. <laughs> people avoid the heart one. It's like, I'll open my third eye before I open up my heart. I'll open up that crown chakra before I open up my heart. Um, <laughs> let me focus on healing my root chakra, you know, so I can have aligned sexual relationships and let me do every other chakra. But the heart one is like, mm, that can wait. But if we don't have our heart open, our blessings don't come. Because if you really understand, like, the heart has its own energy field. It has a coherence. It radiates seven feet out. It's a magical organ and superpower and it brings things in. So, you know, that's part of this next level. Like you have to show up to the things that you say, which is like, if I want these prayers and these new moon intentions to come true, I have to be open for it to even come to me because, you know, blessings will, they'll wait at the door. Um, 
But certain blessings have timing. So if you didn't open the door when it's your time to, some things disappear when you open the door. But some things stay, which is a good thing too. But you have to really know that what is shown to you in your healing, that spirit in the universe saying you're ready to even talk about that subject, even heal the subject, you're ready. And I think we downplay ourselves about our own readiness, you know, and if you show up into your readiness, that's when your greatness starts kicking in, you know, and you meet the the people that you're meant to meet. You're you're experiencing opportunities that you didn't even think would even come to you or even was for you, is for you, you know, and I think Spirit will will help you learn what the word plenitude is. You know, like there's a lot of things I got for you. I'm going to show up for you, but you have to show up for me, you know, and that's sacred relationship, you know, and I think our society is so focused on superficial and like the material things of like sacred relationship is my boyfriend or my dream wife, right? But it's like the sacred relationship is you and spirit first you know, or you and God first, or you and the great mother first, right? Um, And so that's why you need your season of being in your cave, because you have to process and detox of how you may have some toxic stuff too, how you have some hurt stuff too, you got to let it out. And then you got to be a good girlfriend and boyfriend to spirit. (laughs) And you got to, I need to talk and be a good communicator, which is the journaling, which is the praying, which is the meditation. You know, you have to show up for communication and you got to show up in physical actions because you can't be that boyfriend or girlfriend in this metaphor. You can't be that boyfriend, girlfriend that has empty promises, (laughs) you know, like, hey, I'm telling you all the right things, spirit universe. But when something physically comes to you and you go back into your shadow, you just, you just, you're doing the same thing as your ex-partners did, said the right things, but physically they didn't really change. So you have to do that spiritually. So I think it's a powerful thing, but I don't think people see it that way. You know, that we're in a sacred relationship and you actually have to talk to something that you can't see, but you can feel. And then you go deeper into your relationship, you can see it. You see spirit everywhere, but you have to really be in your practice to even start physically seeing it. Like I see God everywhere, you know, the great mother shows up for me, you know, but that took integrity, but that took also time, but that also took honesty, you know, and I think spirit wants us, I think spirit wants us so honest. And I think that scares even the little pieces of shadow that we even got like, I don't know, you know, but if you do be honest, spirit doesn't punish you. You know, the universe doesn't punish you. It rewards you for being honest. You know, that's why I always tell people like when it's, when it comes to starting your own relationship with spirit, the first thing you should ask or say is like, spirit, I don't trust you. You know, why is that important? Because a lot of us come from religious trauma and just the word God, for example, has been tainted and there's too much to it. So when you were a believer and bad stuff happened and you prayed and it's like, but nothing worked, you know, so F you, you know, um, when we're in the spiritual path, we still have that energy block and you have to 
clear it of like, you know, I want a better relationship, but I have to be honest that I have some resentment. I have some judgment about you and spirit will work with you to like move through it. But, and that's a different type of love because if you did it in a physical relationship, people usually don't stay, you know, like you call me out on my shadow. I'm not going to be in this relationship and work it out because um, people are superficial, but spirit is not. So spirit will let you vent and then it will pro- you know, progress with you. And I think that's the magic of being in your cave. You know, your solitude season is important. And that even it goes deeper into celibacy. It goes into different types of celibacy. It goes into, you know, removing yourself from certain hobbies or habits to really clean yourself out, but it's really about getting more quiet because the more quiet you get, the more you hear. And in order to be a good anything in life, you have to be a good listener. And so your ear chakras get open, you know, and that it's uncomfortable because you start hearing the truth about yourself, you know, and, but spirit starts to give you better, better things and, deeper messages, the more your ears are open. So enjoy your season of your, your, your quiet time, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was all so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing all that. And so much came up for me when you were expressing this, like, you know, I feel like our relationship with spirit really is reflective of our relationships in, in life, you know, because something that I realized, you know, when I was in my first dark night of the soul, I remember feeling super disconnected with spirit and with the universe and just with like creator, just God, just that consciousness. And I missed it so much. Like I remember having a significant moment where I was like, man, I feel so disconnected. And I realized later that that was me being disconnected with myself. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, you know, the importance of being a good listener to spirit, being a good communicator to spirit, the more that you practice that, the more that you will have improved communication and listening to your other relationships Mm -hmm. and not just relationships with other people, but your relationship with your passion, your relationship with your career, your relationship with money, like literally every relationship in your life will reflect your relationship with spirit, I believe. And I was having a conversation with someone um, recently, we were talking about relationships and I told him that I feel like what was missing um, in my past partnerships was my like a strong spiritual foundation mm-hmm. that was like deeply rooted. And I feel like that is what I have been called to deepen and strengthen in the past couple of years is like this strong spiritual foundation that I'll need moving forward mm-hmm. for all that is to come. And he asked, you know, do you feel like if you had that foundation prior, would you have had those relationships? And I honestly feel like I wouldn't have. I want to say that you, I resonate with what you're saying. And the thing that comes to me is everything's perfect. 
you know, like you're supposed to, you're supposed to have those messed up relationships, you know, when you're young and yes. and trying to go through it, mm-hmm. you know, and the reason why is because you have to, you have to see what you don't want, but some, for most of us, we're stubborn when we're in love and we're very, I think the whole world is hopeless romantics, honestly. Um, but you have to, you have to experience it maybe multiple times of what you don't want. You know, you have to like, it has to keep showing up in new ways so that you get it. You know, like this is not it, you know, like there's certain things that I might like, you know, physically or conversationally, there's little pieces. And I think that also those relationships help, you know, what you do want too. you know, like there's little things about this partner that is, that's the reason why I'm still in the relationship. You know, this is what I I believe is love, but everything else that this person has is not it. It's not the vibe. It's not sustainable. It's not, we are doing more arguing than we are happy, you know? And for some people that's their normal because, you know, our childhood and our, the relationships that we grow up with, whether it's our parents, whether it's our cousins, you know, their relationships of how they're in romance plays a big role modeling thing for us. So a lot of people get stuck in it. Like this is just how love is. And it's not, you know, love is not supposed to be toxic relationships, but we all have to experience toxicity to know exactly what it is, you know? And I always say like, my grandma had this like metaphor of like, you know, in order to be a good, um, gardener a good herbalist you have to learn about poison plants you have to know what poison is and then you have to learn how to get attacked by the plant sometimes but then you learn antidotes and you learn remedies and then you learn like you can survive poison but you also have wisdom to not go and just openly do it again and I think that's that applies to relationships of like you have to experience the messy to know that I don't want the messy. And it's like a very subtle initiation to learning about calling in what you want. And like, it's a big thing about permission, you know, like of deserving, like I deserve way better than this. And then it's going to be that last relationship that you're in. It's like, I'm done. Like, every other relationship you probably said it but there's a point where i remember a lot of like elders would say like one day you'll be tired of being tired and like i resonated with that because i'm like i am tired of being tired and it took that last relationship of like Mm -hmm. i'm done and that's when i really went to my spiritual awakening and like went to that increase like whoa i'm getting powerful you know um but the power started with my empowerment and like healing a lot of the feminine and just you know a lot of wounding that women don't deserve happiness they just have to be pretty and look pretty for the guy i think a lot of women we're stuck in wounds like that and sometimes those wounds are so present that you don't even know it's a wound until you're by yourself and single to even heal you know and i think i'm happy that i went through that But um, another thing is like 
when it comes to what you said about um, relationships, I remember there's only one relationship from my past that I would say was the most happier times. And when I tune into like, why was that relationship more of like the positive experience compared to everything else? It was because it was, it's really crazy because I grew up, you know, in a blended family. So it's indigenous spirituality, but there is like some Christian mysticism to it. Um, but it wasn't like hardcore, like we're in church Christian, like it's not that, but it was just, you know, the wisdom teachings of it. But what was special about this particular relationship is like the first week we became partners, he was like, let's go to church together and let's pray. I'm like, whoa, I I have not experienced any person saying something like that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about Christianity. It was more about he's opening up a spiritual side to him and he's he's letting me see that that relationship that he has with spirit is important and he wanted to include me mm-hmm. into it mm-hmm. and that was why it was like a special thing and then I realized that other relationships they did not do that <laughs> and I was like what the heck is going on but um I think I think a po- the power of a man is a, is a man who's really connected you know like there's some different how they move how they talk how they carry themselves when they're tapped into their health when they're tapped into their spirituality and it, again it, it could be a religious path it could be a non-religious path but there's something that's different in their aura and it's like super affirming and safe and like it's like they're embodying their own version of holiness in a in its own way um and it just, it feels like that's what love's supposed to feel like. It's not supposed to be just a woman who's like a deep person who's like into the spiritual world. Um, because if you're the only one, you don't have conversations because that guy will never understand you. And I think the more I've been on this journey, my spirituality is myself. You know, like that's the most mm-hmm. important thing about me mm-hmm. because that is me, mm-hmm. you know, so we have to see each other in that way and connect. If we don't, and you see my spiritual side as a, a hobby or just a part of me, that's a problem. You know, like that's a big problem. Yes, I feel the exact same way. And to kind of reel back a little bit, it's like you have to go through, like the messy comes with a message. Yeah, the messy comes with the message, and it's like allow yourself to see the message, the messages, and the messiness. And for me, like if you want to be someone who's wise and you want to gain wisdom, I feel like wisdom comes from experience. So you have to go through these experiences to gain the wisdom. Yeah, so much that I can expand on with that. But to reel back into okay. I asked you what are other questions to ask yourself getting in tune with the heart, which I do want to talk about later because I feel like a lot of people are experiencing like heart expansion at this time. Mm. But after you're asking yourself these questions and you're kind of like in that liminal space and you're kind of um, uh, experiencing existentialism, Mm. I feel like you're led into inner child work, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm when I thought of this, like, okay, are you are we typically led into 
inner child work first. Is that a reflection of inner child wounds being the root of it all? Like, is our inner child the root? You know, it's interesting that you said that because, you know, my answer would be it goes further back than the inner child, which is the root of it all is your, how would I say it the best? It's your cosmic self, right? Because there's something where we all come from a higher place. Other people may say the heavens, you know, another place may say something else to name it or word it. But there's something about we are from a very powerful, very aware, even utopian field of consciousness. And there's something where we come from that and then we make decisions of I want to be birthed physically, that there's something sacred and beautiful about that journey. But there's also a lot of grief in the journey and a lot of like even resentment and even being mad at yourself. It's like, because when you come here and you're physically birthed from your mother's womb, and let's think about the womb space. So the infancy, you're collecting all your mom's energy. And that's when we have generational imprints and we're thinking about epigenetics and like all those things are happening while you're in your mom's womb and and you're collecting her energy, your dad's history and, and lineage. So there's like all that and then you're birthed. And so it's kind of like, you're in the world as a kid who's very touched with the heavens, you know, because I always say kids are gifted. Kids see, you know, like if you want to experience psychic abilities, go to a child, you know, they may not have the the fancy words to say, I'm going to predict, you know, world, world, you know, something, but they're tapped in, you know, like they're super connected because the veil is not on them. I think, and it's interesting because our inner child is so in touch with the heavens and like the cosmos. And then I would say the veil is really trauma. You know, like when you experience trauma as a kid, a veil is put on you because you have to act a certain way, be quiet about certain things. You can't ask for help maybe with your, with other adults or other teachers because you're not allowed to ask for help or reach out for what's happening in your your childhood, what's happening behind closed doors. And then the, the it just goes deeper in the veil, you know? But if you think about the veil, it's really the word evil backwards, <laughs> you know? So it's like when you experience just the evilness of the world, it's like, what the heck is going on? So when we're going through like our, our point, when we're having like those life crises of like, why am I here? What am I meant for? It's interesting that you say, you know, the root is, do we, does it start with our childhood? To answer it is like, yes. And because there's like multiple things with spirit of like, there's so many things, but it's yes, because, but it's not the yes that we think it's not the root is the inner child trauma. It's the root is the child before the trauma even came. Because when you think about a kid who's not going through abuse or cultural things being told to them and you have to act a certain way with your gender or with your race, like before all those teachings and parenting and programming comes, 
The inner child is the gifted kid that's connecting. So we're being called to connect back to the universe, you know, and that's our real self. So that so it's the the pure part of us that before everything happened, you know, like chapter one isn't chapter one of trauma. Chapter one is I'm tapped in, I'm gifted, and I'm seeing things in this world that isn't right. Right. That's your real chapter one. So it's like, go back to that, because when you go back to that, you're going back to your origin and you're connecting to your origin story. Right. Um, Which is beyond this human plane. Right. So I think that's the, the most important thing that spirit wants us to do, because if we go backwards in that way to the origin of ourselves, we're connecting back to the heavens, back to home. Right. And so that that's a new interpretation of what arriving home means. It's like going really within, not stopping at the door of the trauma shadow work door of the childhood. You know, there's a door even before that, which is like everything was peaceful way before the parenting and programming started. So go back there because that's your true train ticket (laughs) to go up again. You know, so you got to go in to go up but you gotta go really really far back to that kid in you that was into music into the arts you know have powerful dreams and before you got denied of like those dreams are fake or you're not traveling into another world you were traveling through dimensions and you were going through all the astral stuff before we even knew the terms and now we just have to catch up to what our inner child knew And that's why we need, you know, YouTube and stuff like that to like go to workshops and seminars to kind of relearn what you were already like naturally in. Like no one taught you that as a kid. It was just already there. So it's like going back to your true untouched, unabused self. And so it started off in your little body. (laughs) Um, But when you go, when you really think about it, it's really a little body that has a lot of greatness and a lot of like cosmic power, you know, and if you really tap into it, kids are not narcissistic. So you were very humble and just, it was just a part of you, you know? And we also have to learn that again, as we get spiritual, it's like get really humble of like, these are our birthrights, but don't get cocky and arrogant on the journey with it. But also don't go into the other part of spirituality, which is like, our whole existence is shadow work because I like, I always tell people like I'm a radical teacher and healer. Like it's not motivating when people say healing is a forever journey. It's a, it's a part of the journey. It is, it takes some time, but really, and this is the radical part. It only drags out if you let it drag out. Like if you really show up to your shadows and really tend to it, and like in Buddhism, there's this um, there's this teaching about, you know, pouring tea for your Mara, which is like the shadow or like the evil and you're in the forest. You know, Buddha showed up and like talked to its shadow, offered tea to it. And that in the deeper meaning of it is like you you allow your shadow to have a conversation with you. If you let it talk, even if it's some real things are part of it some shadowy illusion stuff that's part of it of like the undeserving unworthiness thing let it vent and you can offer medicine to it 
And if you can forgive it and just let it be healed and you can let it be sent to the light, you can complete inner child work very quickly. You know, Um, you can complete any form of shadow work completely, you know, quickly and, and fully. Right. And I think it's just about knowing that you're you're allowed to let it be completed. And I think a lot of people feel like if the collective is doing shadow work and they drag it out, I should be dragging mines out and it's forever and it's not. You know, like there's greatness beyond the shadow work journey, but the shadow work journey is very important and it teaches a lot about wisdom. Right. You have to know your own wisdom and medicine bag before you leave it. Right. But just know that you don't have to stay in that forever. You know, like I don't have to be a spiritual emo, (laughs) you know, like I'm always crying. I'm always, you know, focusing on what my parents did, like go through it in your cave time. But like get out when it's time, you know, like don't just like I don't deserve it. Like you do. You deserve the light. Um, And our child is our inner child is the light. So it's just kind of like, really your inner child is your, your first spirit guide. It showed up. (laughs) And so it's like, you have to go backwards to kind of show up to your spirit guide again. And you're going to see that little kid floating and levitating, being a monk (laughs) saying, I'm ready for you. And that's your Yoda. (laughs) Your inner child is your Yoda. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's take a moment, let's take a breather and talk about our partner, Athletic Greens, who supports this community, supports this podcast, and I am so grateful for Athletic Greens, partly for introducing me to their product called AG1, which I'm so excited to introduce to you. I've been taking AG1 for a little over a month now, and it's it's honestly been a game changer. With just one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, all the things. And I started taking AG1 partly because of all of these benefits, but also because of the knowing that if we really want to experience optimal health and wellness, we absolutely need to be taking our vitamins, our minerals, our supplements. And I just didn't know where to start with all of this, right? And AG1 just makes it so convenient because it's literally all in just one scoop and it genuinely tastes delicious. It's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat Keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It's friendly for your lifestyle. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, again, while still tasting good. And it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. Again, it's all in one scoop. So it's so convenient. And it honestly is a money saver. It costs you less than three dollars a day. So it's such a good investment. And right now it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water 
every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash SWG. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash SWG to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I have put a link in the description below. Now, without further ado, let's get back into this incredible conversation. Another thing that I feel, um, another theme that I feel many are tapping into or will tap into soon is the awareness of reprogramming the subconscious and realizing that it's the subconscious that's truly driving all of the behaviors and patterns and experiences experiences that they're that we're having um and i feel like this touches on you know the child before the child that was veiled and i feel like the veil is somewhat the subconscious right like if the veil is the illusions and many of us have been conditioned with so many illusions and been programmed and it's been embedded in our subconscious, then our subconscious is the veil, right? Mm. I would say I want to play with that. Um, that I'm, just came, that just came yeah. up to me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I need to reflect on going. it more. Yeah, but, I get where you're going. But yeah. I would say, mm, okay, I want to say this to play into what you said is that our inner child from infancy to being like a very young toddler you are in your subconscious body like you're only the subconscious so because you're in your subconscious body it's the most sensitive and the most it's the sponge energy body right because we come we live in a planet and we have parents that uh, went through abuse and they maybe not have been tapped in spiritually to even train us in certain things you know again like our ancestral ways of rites of passage and being spiritually connected that disappeared so our parents are kind of like we're parents but we don't have that spiritual parent thing that we're supposed to have you know for all of us so with that we don't have the proper elders and community space in the village that's aware that we're in our subconscious body so because that's taken away from us the village and the elders we have our subconscious body and we have hurt people and trauma and programming and institutions talk and teach us while we're highly vulnerable in our psychic field so it's really not the subconscious is the evil or the veil it's the broken system of the world is the, is the veil, you know, because your your induction into school is the veil, because we're not in a place or in a society where our schools are really talking about all the things of all people of color history, 
and being very honest about it. You know, so school has some corrupted parts in its system and you're learning that. So you're a kid, highly vulnerable, psychically soaking up stuff, right? You have parents who they may have a, a religious aspect to them and there's nothing wrong with religion if if you have the right community that's deep into the the right things about it. And so some people have parents where like they're whatever religion and they're good people. And so that's a good part. But for other people, most people is parents that they're in religious things and they're they've absorbed a lot of the truth mixed in with patriarchy and corruption and like a religious way of sexism and like all those things. And they, they teach you a certain way. Like, so, so it's really not their fault is again, the, the world in its fallen state, that veil impacted them. It's in, implanted into them. And they kind of share those implants to the kid who's highly vulnerable and open. So the subconscious is more of, um, it's supposed to be protected. It, but it's not because we we lost our elders and like the village that knows about that stuff and um, is really deep into the medicine and, and the ceremonies and the prayer and like keeping kids in a very like holy circle, you know, like that's taken away. So it's just like this open child of energy and no one's knowing how to take care of that energy. And so we're just, you know, pouring into it our shadows. And so you just, you're a, a sponge that's soaking up all the shadows and that, and they're saying that's education, that's parenting, that's love, you know? And it's like, no, you know? Um, so yeah, I would say like our subconscious is more of the thing that we need to protect. Um, it's not the thing that caused it, you know, it's the thing that they, they abused first is your subconscious mind. Um, and that's why we have to reprogram it. Because it's like, it's the it's the most important energy body, mental body, consciousness part of our body, like our physical body. The subconscious is underrated. It's not talked about enough. Um, and we have to heal it. And then we have to add the right things back into it. Because it's like, there's a part where it's like detoxing it out. But then you got to add good stuff back into it, you know, and like truthful stuff back into it and not corruption an illusion right so it's kind of like um yeah it's just a sacred a sacred temple that other people invaded into and put all their stuff in it and we got to do some spring cleaning with our subconscious mind and so that's what reprogramming is about is like let's really change the energy dynamics because and there's a reason why it's corrupted because it's the most powerful part of you and that's why you know institutions society it's highly calculated it knew that it was going to program that pacific that certain thing first if we have that if we can take control of your subconscious mind we have all of you right now the interesting thing is that it's that's a truth but not a truth because still spirit the universe found a way that even though the powers that be took control of your subconscious mind spirit found other ways to bring you back home you know, like, hey, you may feel like they took control of your subconscious mind, but I have this back door. <laughs> I have the cheat code. I can get you out. I can get you out of this mental and subconscious and energetic prison that you're in. But trust me, which is a voice that 
you don't see, but you can hear it. So you have to learn, like, am I really going to break my programming and follow the voice? Um, or are you too programmed? Right. Or are you too deeply in the matrix where it's like, I'm not listening to that voice. And that is the collective, you know, because you everyone hears the voice. But if you're too deep into the illusion, you ignore your intuition and your intuition is spirit talking to you. You know, and there's a lot of people that stay in bad jobs, bad relationships, and you have an intuition that keeps giving you red flags about it. Um, but you stay longer and longer than you should. But for some of us, where it's like that voice came, you still was tapped into your light with your inner child. And that's why you were able to even have the awakening, which is like I'm programmed too, like everyone else. But I had one foot into the programming and one foot out. And I'm going to listen to that voice that's saying, get the heck out, you know? And that's when you take your subconscious power back. Yes. And three things that I feel may sum that part up is like, the subconscious isn't the veil, but it is veiled. Mm. And two, reprogramming your subconscious is one of the most powerful ways that you take your power back. And three, I just want to acknowledge, like, I feel like the importance of, I feel like this is coming up again and again, and you brought this up when it comes to reprogramming the subconscious is like, you got to do the detoxing first. Mm -hmm. You've got to do the cleansing first. Like there's no skipping over that. And that applies to all of the spiritual journey, right? Like mm -hmm. the dark, you can't skip over the dark night of the soul. You can't skip over the solitude if it calls to you. You have to do that purifying yeah. um, so that you are receptive to receive the truth. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the truth and illusions, let's get into illusions. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest illusions is the illusion of separation. Yes. If not the greatest. I'm curious, what are some other illusions you feel are really important to be mindful of? Mm. Well, first I want to say, when you say the illusion of separation, I think that's why spirit wanted you to say your question earlier when we're in a, like, um, in a crisis with our existence, we go back to is our inner child the root and it's not the root of like the suffering but when i said earlier like our inner child is super tapped in before the veil came that is because it wasn't separated so in order to break the illusion of time you have to heal your inner child and connect to the yoda <laughs> you because it was already like i'm one with this and this is normal and that's why you become a rebel with church and certain stuff because it's like that's not true that's not holiness that's not peace you know because you are tapped in so that is this that is the key to breaking the separation of time you know um or that illusion other illusions to be mindful of is I want to say the illusion of fear. You know, um, fear is an interesting one because it's like, it's an illusion that is big and bad and very arrogant and it wants to be super loud. You know, and I always tell people like when I'm doing like classes or workshops, like when we're healing, the real healing is healing your ego. Well, the ego, because it's not you. And that that's an illusion i think a lot of people have is that the that the ego is a part of us and there's a lot of 
mixed messages, even in the spiritual and wellness community, because you're going to have a bunch of people saying, release the ego and heal from it. And then you're going to have a lot of successful authors and writers say, keep your ego. It helps you with this world and be successful. And it's like you have to get really in tune with the energy of that because there's a lot of people on their ego. Um, and it's not our higher self, because if we were all being successful in our ego, we wouldn't really need an awakening from it, you know? So I think there's a lot of mixed messages. And, and so that's the illusion. Like you need the ego, you need to empower it. You need to best friend the ego. There's a lot of people who are narcissists who are best friends with their ego. Um, no, I don't want that, right? So I think in order to release the ego, you have to release fear. And I, I made a joke in one of my classes of like, what came through is like, when you're healing, and releasing the ego, you have to see it like a relationship because it's like a relationship where the ego is like a toxic version of a polygamist. <laughs> because why? The ego is in a relationship with everybody on this planet. The ego has infiltrated every person. And so it's that bad boyfriend, bad girlfriend that doesn't want to leave you alone. Because if you start healing and taking your power back, the ego wants to put fear into you. Like you don't deserve to be healed. Um, you don't deserve boundaries. You know, um, it will always kind of reflect on your shadow. You know, of like, you know, 10 years ago, you were mean to so-and-so. Like you don't deserve to ask for better things in your life because you're a bad person too back in the day. And like the ego is a person or energy that's like, it wants you to, to always be in your guilt because it's thriving off of you being guilty every 10 seconds. The ego is very big on you being in your shame because it's it's making profit off of your shame. It's making profit off of your depression, you know? It wants people collectively, millions of people to be in those energy fields of shame, guilt, resentment, being scared. Right. And that's why I say like in classes of like when we're starting to heal, your light will will sh will cast out shadows, but it will reveal bigger shadows because the light is like a flashlight. And that shadow that you see is really the ego, you know, and it's really not really big. It's just like a flashlight where an ant can pop up on be projected on a wall and it looks huge. But it's this little thing that has a big mouth, you know? And like, when I always say like, every time you're about to heal something, if you hear that little voice that says, no, don't do it. And it gives you a thousand scenarios. It gives you all the reasons why not to. Um, and even sometimes the ego is tricky because sometimes the ego can get spiritualized with you. It can say all the spiritual fancy words too, but if it's still disempowering, it, wants you to like not do that next thing that you're guided to do right so i think fear is is the illusion of it that fear is powerful when it's not right fear is just an energy or the voice of the ego that's it's more scared of you waking up and being in your wholeness than it is of you being your toxicity because if you think about your past before your dark night of the soul your awakening when you were just 
going with the motion, you know, with everybody else and living a, a certain lifestyle, having certain relationships, not being as touched with your intuition, probably didn't even know that you had an intuition back in the day, right? When we think about that timeline of our lifestyle and like who we were, the ego wasn't even a thing because it was happy that you were living in that life. The moment you started to heal is when the ego is like, hold up, what you doing? You know, and so I always tell people, that's really what the journey is, is like clearing it out. And there's stages and, and different levels of like really unpacking it and really detoxing fear that's put in you, which is your subconscious, right? Because it just it just wants to spook you out that your healing is more scary than living in toxic relationships with people. And it's like really bizarre. And again, that's why I say it's like a, as the joke, it's like a polygamist that's a narcissist toxic energy because it's like, it says that to everybody. It's in a relationship with everybody. But it's interesting because it's a, it's, a, it's a global... It's a global boyfriend that doesn't even give to nobody. Like it doesn't even give to us. It doesn't even provide for us. It doesn't help us with anything. It just keeps you in your place, you know, um, your your broken place. And so when we're healing, it's kind of like you're going to get to a point where it's like I need to I need to file my divorce papers <laughs> with you. Mm-hmm. You got to go mm-hmm. um, and open the door and pack your bags and leave you know and so that boyfriend of the ego is like hold on now and 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 it goes into more of the metaphor of like there's a point where you start healing and and it freaks out and it will try to woo you back you know and that's you know sometimes part of the breakup journey and some people get back into it like dang it maybe I shouldn't really break up with you break up with it (laughs) right but when you fully break up and file those divorce papers with your ego or the ego i don't want to say your ego um the ego and you really are freed from it that's when you have broken free from all illusion right and you're back to clarity and like relief um it doesn't want you to have clarity and relief it wants you to be confused it wants you to be paranoid the ego thrives off of anxiety the ego wants you to ask a thousand questions and just go in a circle with it in a hamster wheel and it just looks at it you know like good you're in the trap don't leave the trap um but your spiritual awakening is about you getting really really smart of how to leave it you know and the divorce is the most important thing because why is that divorce needed because that divorce is a big thing for you to enter your sacred relationship with spirit in the universe. You have to marry one and not the other. And you can't marry both, you know, because uh, it does not work because there is two different, it's not even two different philosophies. It's two different ways of experiencing life. And so you can't live on the fence for too long, where it's like one foot in my spiritual self, one foot in my shadow. Right. And I think a lot of people are in that, but spirit is always encouraging us to make the choice to put your other foot into that side, you know, and walk it. You know, the shadow wants you to put both feet into that, but, and people do sometimes give up, like how we said earlier. People give up 
and they go backwards and they are more depressed and and life is more sad and dark because it's like, dang it, I went back to the same thing. And the ego is like that toxic relationship where it's like, I told you so. And I told you you're meant to be here and you're not. And that's when you feel real sadness because that's when the soul is weeping. Like I should have never went backwards, but Mm. it was so convincing of how the fear wanted my anxiety to go up. It was messing with my nervous system. It kept wanting me to not take my power back with the subconscious mind. And, you know, every time I wanted to ask a healer for help or an astrologer or a tarot reader or a meditation person, you know, like I was getting all those signs and the angel numbers saying, go to those people for your healing. But that anxiety said, nope, don't do it. You know, and and you listen to it. That's when you feel real sadness because it's like, dang it. I didn't show up for me, you know, but spirit is great because spirit is like spirit knows all things. So for people who are listening, who have went backwards, spirit knows that you were going to make that decision, but spirit is still waiting for you, you know, and spirit isn't that boyfriend or girlfriend that's like, you came back and it's going to start yapping. (laughs) It's like, you're back. Welcome. And let's let's really live our love story together. And that's when you're going to experience like love and it's in a whole new way because it's not like spirit is going to be romantic with you with love, but you're going to get the romantic partner from spirit. Um, you're going to get the friendships that's real love and like the right people sitting at your table. Like you're going to get all types of love if you choose spirit. Um, but if you choose spirit, that means you choose you, you're choosing truth. So it's either truth or illusion, you know, and if you have to be in the illusion a little bit longer, just know, like how you said earlier, sometimes you have to be in the mess to learn the message. The message is to get the freak out <laughs> from this and go to the truth. So everything is about timing, back to timing. Mm-hmm. The truth really will set you free. Absolutely. Like, you know, we've all heard the truth will set you free. But when you're really in this, like it just, that just hits different. <laughs> Definitely. It's interesting that you bring up um, fear and the ego, because the next thing that I wanted to bring up is how when you start reflecting on your illusions and you're turning inward um, and you're doing that healing work, you start experiencing shifts in perspective. And I just wanted to hold space for something that was was and has been very helpful for me, which is just asking myself, is this rooted in love or is this rooted in fear? Mm. Is this spirit led or is this ego led? Mm-hmm. And that those questions really bring forth so much clarity. Definitely, definitely. And I think when I when we had our Mercury retrograde not that long ago, uh, I remember saying that in the beginning, like making making sure that whatever is shifting with the energy of our planet, keep being spirit led, right? Keep choosing heart based people, keep choosing where your your blessings are going, right? And that means you have to choose you, choose you. But spirit is going to tell you that choosing you is a different language. It's a different type of healthiness because choosing you from a spirit perspective is not a narcissist, arrogant, selfish 
way of choosing you. You're leaving that behind to go to a new level of real relationship to yourself. Because if you're in the selfish version of choosing you and arrogant, it's really, um, it's the ego, but it's really also a place where you're disassociated. You know, like a lot of people who are in the selfish form of living life, it's more of a they they dissociate from reality, from reading the room. They can't read the room. You know, it's like that type of self-led is not the right way. The right self-led is like being deeply, being deeply connected, being a deep listener, reading the room well. And that also means when we're, when I say read the room is like, read the energy field too. Like read, read the room, you know, like, or is the room saying go this way and go up, keep going. If, and if you are, you're going to meet the right people always at the right time. Right. And the timing and, and timing is special because it's not the illusion of time, which is like the time clock. Timing with spirit is really like, it's really not that word. Timing with spirit is really like the now. Because everything can come to you now. Um, our journey is about emotional prepper, you know, getting emotionally prepped to say, am I ready for my now? Am I ready for my now? Because I know my now is big, <laughs> you know? Um, and sometimes we have to heal and cry a little bit because it's like, oh, I'm not ready for my big now, but maybe I take a sprinkle of my now, you know? But if you keep going in the right direction, your now will be now. And it will be all around you. It will be encompassing. It will be everything. And that's when people experience serendipity, you know, and people experience the synchronicity. Like, oh, my gosh, things showed up today. You know, today was a magical day where all the codes, all the signs, the people, the kindness that I experienced, just all that was I was living in a new world. And spirit is like you can live that all the time. You know, um, ego led is where the ego is still hacking your subconscious mind and still like, I'm the, I'm the, the person who's in control. Right. And it doesn't really want you to be empowered with your voice. You know, the ego has a real thing with the, your throat chakra. It does not want it to be open and it doesn't want you to be bold and to ask for what you want because it will have an attitude problem with that, you know? So it teaches you to go back to playing silent and it really wants you to play small. Spirit, on the other hand, spirit led is like going to your bigness. Like you're big, you know, like you're cosmically big. But before we hit that point, spirit is going to let you know in another way, you're a big deal. And I made you because you're in my image. So show up to your real image, which is your real beauty. and like how much you're, you're more than a vibe, <laughs> you know, you're, you're the whole thing being that, right. The ego is like, no, you're small and you have a little bit of specialness, but you have a lot of problems, right. And it'll keep reminding you of your past life, right. And your past life is not necessarily like a past life. It's like your old life is your past life. So if you were, you know, an old version of you 10 years ago, it will keep bringing up those 10 years over and over and over again. And it will never catch a break. It will never let it go. It's just like, 
it's just so toxic. So, you know, if you go into that and you get led into it, forgive yourself. And again, one day you'll, you'll realize how it doesn't serve you. It doesn't, you know, you'll go back into maybe, and, and see even that it plays into another like spiritual concept that sometimes the ego wants you to, wants you to follow its lead because it can grant you things quicker. But that's an illusion. That's an illusion because there's so many people that can get the house, the money, the fame, the cars, like all that super quick. And you realize that once you have it, your soul is not there. And that's why people, even celebrities, can be really depressed. And like it's a dis and it, again, like how I said, the ego leads you back into dissociating. So that's why it doesn't land well with regular humans <laughs> when it comes to celebrities with their problems because they they chose to dissociate and live in a fantasy world and so even when they're going through real emotional trauma it doesn't land well for us to resonate with it because it's like you got everything super quick shouldn't you be happy and it's like they haven't did the inward part to really communicate that right for other people spirit is going to give you everything in the now but it's also like there's a beauty in in that because it's like certain things are great for today's now and then 10 years ahead I have something great for you as well for that now you know like there's still timing to certain things like you know maybe for this now you're meant to an email comes and you're meant to do a, a big magazine interview right like whoa timing Right. But it was leading you for 10 years later for that TV show that you didn't even know that was part of your calling. Right. So you're getting everything now, but there's still like a calendar of like, get ready for this, experience it, feel empowered with it and just know that that's that's your frequency. OK, you're feeling into it. OK, I'm going to take you up your frequency to another level. Now some new stuff is coming for that now. Right. But spirit is always going to keep granting you the right things at the right time. The ego is like, I give you everything quickly, but it's like a get rich scheme because like you get it and there's more that costs with mm -hmm. that. With spirit, mm -hmm. everything's for free. You just have to show up to listen to the truth. Like spirit is never going to put you in a bargain deal. Like I'll give you this, if you give me this. That's why with the ego, and like the world of the ego and all the people who live in the ego and we've dated people in the ego. That's why in our spiritual journey, spirit teaches us soul contracts, break soul contracts. Why do we have to break soul contracts? Because in that world, everything's contractual and deals, bad deals going wrong <laughs> with spirit, heart-based relationships and friendships. There's no contract, mm -hmm. you know, like it's just Dharma. Mm -hmm. It's just alignment. Alignment isn't contractual. You know, it's like two frequencies that showed up and they do the same sound. Yeah. They play a beautiful harmony and music with each other yeah. on a soul level. Yeah. So hopefully that answers your question. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, all of this eventually leads up to like a turning point, right? That kind of like stepping into the new cycle. Yeah. But before we get to that, which is like nearing the end of our conversation, with everything that we've talked about in the spiritual journey, like 
somewhere in there, you are led into solitude. And you touched on this earlier in the conversation. But there's a, a quote that you shared on your Instagram that I love so much. And it's so beautiful. And I, I want to touch on it. You said, sometimes you are in a dark place because you have been seated. Mm. And in your caption, speaking of perspective, you said it's all about perspective. And it really is. It really is all about perspective. Know that when you are seated, when you are being seated, it is due to being prepared for a greatness that is coming and the universe is setting you up to be in full readiness. And you touched on this just now, but you know, there is um, a development process to everything. Mm -hmm. Like there is a process to everything. Like a tree doesn't just become a tree. Right. You know, like it has to be a seed underground first. And, you know, and then it goes through that process and we're the exact same way. And solitude is so sacred. Like so many people are afraid of coming into solitude because it's coming into oneself. And I feel like if you've gone so long avoiding yourself, solitude will be very scary because you'll be alone with yourself. Yeah. But why would you say solitude is essential to deliberation? Mm. Yeah. You know, when, when we're seated, it's because we're being planted. Some people don't want to be planted because um, people are scared to sh to see themselves or what their higher self looks like you know for some of us we want to be so connected to our higher self that we will be aligned to being seated and be okay with the seatedness right and when we're okay with that seatedness we're in our solitude we're in our cave period right and you learn a lot of powerful things by being in soil right because in the soil, you learn how to heal every phobia that you have. And, and a lot of us, if you think about our inner child going through the veil, children become scared of the dark. And they become like, I want to be with my parent. I want to sleep with them in the bed. Like, I don't want to be be there. But you wasn't like that before. But something changed where maybe you watched the ba a bad movie Friends said something spooky and you just became scared of the dark. So it's not a natural thing. It's just a response. So when we think about spiritually being seated, you're back in the darkness. And it's like, I have to heal my childhood wound in a way, which is healing from being in darkness, right? Like you can't be afraid of it because if you realize that the longer you stay in the dark, your eyes get adjusted. And then you start seeing everything around you. And that's when the light of your third eye heals your eyes and you become spirit. You have spiritual eyes and um, you're in the room and you're not afraid. It's like, oh, I know where everything is, you know, but you have to be in there a little bit to even have your eyes adjusted to start seeing light, you know. Um, and in our soil moment, that's our our moment of the sprouting right and when we think about a seed and which is our soul our soul has to blossom so that means that the the seed itself has to be cracked open 
for the roots to even come, to even get grounded, right? And to then hold it, hold us. And then the holding of us helps us to become the tree with strong roots, right? So it is about perspective shift, you know, but you have to go, it goes back into the deep listening, right? I have to let myself cry it out, reveal everything that's popping up about being in dark, in this dark room. And once you get everything out of your system, you start to feel the relaxation because it's like when you're in the darkness and I've seen like people on YouTube do like challenges where they're like 50, 50 hours in like a dark room. Um, it's really crazy to even see that, even though it's like a matrix thing. But even for YouTubers who have done challenges like that, they always go through a crying spell. Like a lot of childhood stuff and everything comes out when they're in those challenges is because you're connecting to your subconscious, right? And it's like everything is revealed when when you're in a alone room. And then you start to have deep sleep and your body rests again. And that's what our soul wants. It's like, let it all out so I can rest. I can rest and I can grow, right? And when you show up to saying yes to, really what you're saying yes to is I say yes, that I want my prayer to come true, that I want a good life. Like all the other fancy words, I want all those things, the manifestation, but really all of this is really me saying that I want my soul to have the good life that I'm supposed to live. And when you let that happen, you start to sprout, right? And you become, in the spiritual sense, you become one. You become the tree that's connected to the cosmic tree, which on a deeper level will be called the tree of life. So you're back to life, you know? And um, you can be on top of the ground, but also still rooted in your wisdom with what your darkness uh, put you in. because real spiritual awakening is you you heal from your past but you also start to see a new perspective of my past is also my greatness because it i i remember where i come from if you continue to remember your roots and the hardships it helps you to be a humble person a graceful person and how you can show up to support somebody else in their journey of whatever experience um that they come from um, but also know that you don't have to live in your past, but take the medicine of your past with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when it comes to like, even on a financial level, the more successful you get, remember your how how you had a struggle, you know, with like, there wasn't a lot of food in the house. Why remember it? Because it makes you be grateful for every plate that you get in front of you, right? It makes you enjoy money to to get the things that you deserve but it also it it does something different where if you have a story and a testimony with it 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 just feels different with how you have that relationship with money versus someone who grew up in money and never knew the value of it and they don't they don't know the story of when it disappeared because it never disappeared for them so i think that that goes back to know your seed, right? And you are the seed, but know that spirit wants you not to just be stuck there. It's supposed to expand you to a big oak tree, a big redwood, <laughs> you know, um, an ancient tree with a lot of power and a strong trunk, right? And that's beauty. 
because your tree can go as tall as it's supposed to be. You don't know, you don't really realize that you you may be destined with a huge canopy that's supposed to bear fruit, that's supposed to house um, other animals and other spirits. You don't know what your tree is supposed to do for the collective. And I, I remember when I wrote that reel, um, I think I said, or maybe it was the other one after it, but I definitely said like, we have to get to a point collectively where we realize that our collective prayers for a world change and a global ascension and change, it starts off with, we have to realize that we're part of the prayer. You know, like your destiny and you being the tree that's expanding is supposed to happen for this global materialization of something supposed to be a big deal and change, right? So don't be afraid of being seated you know, because we're all supposed to be seated and we're all supposed to be doing some great things. And that's the prayer coming true. Right. If we still are scared about being seated and planted and we're afraid of blooming. Our prayer, our global prayer gets delayed another year, another 10 years where we all start to lose hope again of like, why are we not seeing the big bang, the big change? It's because we're all saying no to our bigness. And the seed is supposed to help you expand into it. Yes. And I feel like this is like a beautiful way to like bring all of this full circle because we started this conversation by talking about, you know, how it all somewhat begins with you asking yourself, what more is there to this? Mm -hmm. And like deeply desiring to experience your higher potentials, deeply desiring liberation, deeply desiring expansion. And when you said that, you know, the seed needs to crack open, mm -hmm. I thought the heart needs to be open. The okay. heart needs to crack open. And when I think of like us feeling heartbreak, like shifting that perspective to like heartbreaks being heart openings, like it's assisting mm. you in opening your heart even more. And I want to bring this to a close by just talking about, you know, everything that's really essential, medicinal, and integral to the expansion and the liberation. So it's the opening, mm -hmm. it's the receptivity, it's the surrender. Like, I feel like surrender is one of like the greatest spiritual practices um, and the trust, right? Mm -hmm. it, the, all of this takes so much trust because a lot of this is you stepping into the unknown. Something that I thought of is like, and have been thinking of is, I feel like this all just comes down to just being in the present moment. Mm -hmm. I feel like it just all, like you mentioned, like it's, it's here and now, but are we ready for here and now? And I feel like the here and now is, it triggers fear for us because it's the unknown. You know, like so many of us are stuck in the past because it's familiar mm -hmm. and it's comfortable and we keep living the past in the present. So our future is the past. Mm. So we're just, you know, continuing to repeat the past. And the moment we step out of that, we're in the unknown. So it's, it's a lot of trusting the unknown and I would say, you know, it's really a ch a, the, the, the choice of 
Do I live in my pain body? Because the pain body is all about dissociating, right? And we all, there's a lot of people operating from dissociating, right? And why is dissociating at a certain point comfortable? Because it's an escapism, right? Like there's so much emotions that go with being loyal to escapism. Right. And so when it's like, okay, leave your loyalty for escaping and and be loyal to the here and now and being available. Right. It's scary because you're being asked to surrender and surrendering is really just sacred opening. So it's about sacred openness, you know, like surrender is to open up. I give you everything universe. Give me what I'm meant to have. Right. And I think um, it goes into when we surrender and open up, you're 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 going to get more than what you you left behind. The trust it the trust comes in when we heal ourselves first, because spirit knows that you left a a, a timeline, a dimension, a three D reality of toxic hurt people, but also dissociated people, and with that, those relationships gave you a lot of trust issues because a lot of people break their trust and a lot of people are not, you know, good with their word and all those things. They're not impeccable with their word. They're not impeccable with their intention in those dimensions, right? So you have trust issues, but spirit wants to be the remedy for it, you know, like you, it, and it wants to prove it because spirit will prove it. Like, you know, nothing is broken permanently, you know, like I can you know, align it back. Um, but you have to just be in a point when in your own readiness of like, am I ready for that healing balm to be part of my life, to change it? Um, or am I kind of still in my pain body that wants to live in the pain a little bit? And if you are in the pain a little bit, know that you're supposed to eventually graduate from it, but um, know that your pain is not supposed to be forever. Pain is not eternal. Spirit will keep proving it to you that it's not, but it goes back to listening to your heart, right? To even allow it to be open for spirit to talk to you because your heart is a temple and spirit, your soul lives in your heart space. You know, that's why the chakra is the, again, avoided chakra because the soul lives there. You know, it's the seat to your soul, you know, for women, we have like two spaces for our, our soul, which is our heart and our womb space. But for the general collective, our heart is where our soul lives. So it's like, that's why it's the last initiation, because you can do all the, the practices, the methods. You can go to every retreat. But if you skip the soul leading you, then it's just things to do. But when we go to the heart, it's like you're going into the real spiritual part of you because that's the soul, right? And you have to do the sacred three, the mind, the body, and the soul. So, you know, spirit will let you do the mind first. You know, you can do all mind stuff, um, practices, meditations, do the mind part, do the body part. If it's like veganism, pescatarianism, heal and detox and like holistic stuff, that's body stuff and part of our ascension. But it's always going to go back to, okay, you did two, go back to the third one, the soul. And that's your heart. You have to feel it. You have to let it talk. You have to be a good partner to it. 
And you have to know that you deserve accessing it. Because I think a lot of people feel that because of trauma and what they went through, that they also don't deserve access to their heart, which means that they're really saying energetically, I don't really deserve access to my soul because I'm a bad person when you're not. You're not a bad person, right? Um, You're just a person who's broken. And because of that brokenness, you have a natural instinct to not trust things because a lot of things have been corrupted. So yeah, have trust. Don't trust bad things, but don't include yourself in that badness, right? Just, just, you know, separate yourself from it. And spirit is going to lead you in the right way, right? And that will heal your trust issues. Yeah. Like being mindful of what you're identifying with and attaching yourself to. Yeah. Ooh, Ray, (laughs) we touched on so much in this conversation. This is definitely one of those conversations that like you're going to have to listen back to a few times to like really digest everything. Um, But before we get into the final five, which is just I'll explain just real quick. I just want to hold space in the case that there's anything um, that's coming to you that you feel called to share. But if not, it's all good. I feel called to share that where we're going is really exciting. And I think people who have been open, because you could be 10 years in the spiritual path and not be open. So it just it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. If you're open you are feeling like this happiness come in, like definitely like after September left, I was good September, but there's something in the air. And like, always tweet that, like, do y'all feel that energy shift? Like something is here and I'm feeling it. Yes. So something good is coming, mm-hmm. you know, be in that and know that we're supposed to feel it and we're supposed to physically live it. Right. And with that, like, know, like, wherever you are in your journey, give yourself permission to cry, whatever needs to be cried out. Give your permission to yell if you have to, like, feel your feelings and don't dishonor them. But also know, like, have trust in your higher self because your your higher self is not your abuser. Right. And so if you trust your higher self, it's going to take you up and it's going to give you a lot of good stuff along the way. And I think that's important because, again, I feel like because there's a global healing process, people can give up. I feel like it's been stronger. I feel like people are more in their spiritual body and like, I want my ascension since 2020. But for the people who are not, you know, like they're still shaky. Or like I'm giving up. Don't don't give up. You know, um, and I and I want to say this, why not to give up? So I want to say just a personal story, just a quick story that when I was, you know, I grew up in a family where we were open with spirituality, but there was still hurt people in my family, still trauma. There's still stuff that's happened in my real life story. Right. And there was a point where I was younger and even being gifted and seeing spirits and all that like that was a great thing at a point but when you see how you're being unloved and you don't have people that really are walking with you you can get to a point where you're really in deep depression and so 
I bring up like in this interview, I brought up the word emo a lot <laughs> because like there's an inner ray that was emo, but there is also with that emo version that was very suicidal. And like I acted on it, you know, I, like I tried it in my life. And like there is a particular spiritual story that happened where it was like a, a day where it was really like over. And like that's when I heard the voice of spirit saying, don't don't do this don't in your life because i have more in store for you than what you think and i will i will i promise you that what what you're going through and all the stuff that's happened you won't and like i was in a deep place where i wanted to have that answer so bad that i said yes right so it goes back into don't give up because if i gave up and i would have passed away i like 17 years old, maybe 16. I wouldn't even be here to even have the Instagram posts that I'm even talking about and writing about. And I wouldn't have never done sessions for anybody. And like, I've met incredible people in my sessions who are doing great things like, like you, like, I remember you had a question about your, like, like, what should I be doing on my path? And like, I said, like, spirit sees like so much for you and like you listen and you're blossoming and it's like but if ray never existed like maybe you would have in many ways maybe you went to the wrong person in a different timeline who would have told the wrong things to you and you went down right and i always think about that like all the people i've touched and helped if i never existed well they had had other options of good people who have spoke the truth to them or will they all have went down bad paths and like will we even be in a an ascension if i didn't show up for myself because i because i didn't know at 16 17 that i was gonna if i made that decision i was gonna make millions of people down like i didn't even know i wasn't that important even like for an internet presence for like people to even follow my work, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know that it was going to be 20 plus pe 20,000 plus people. Like I listen to Ray and she saves my life and like her, her, her words matter at 16. I didn't even know that that was a thing in my timeline. You know what I'm saying? So the point of that is like, don't give up because you really don't know what the next 10 years are going to give you even the next three years. Right. Like there's some big stuff that's important because not only are you saying yes to you, you're saying yes to so many other spirits and souls who need good people in the world. And if you take yourself out, you're really just letting darkness win because there's a lot of bad people in the world and they want us to be depressed and suicidal to like take our own lives and they rule the world. But if we need more good people to stay. So Hopefully that even that little story is like inspiring for someone else of like, don't give up even when it feels too real. That it's like, I'm really close to that edge. Spirit will do a magical thing where if you took the jump, spirit will help you float and you don't even crash. But sometimes we need our, a real dark moment to know the essence of faith, right? And so hold on and nurture and water your faith, whatever that is, because it's not a religious faith. It's just like um, believing more into I'm meant for something versus I'm not, right? Because if, you if you're told that you're not, 
you're not shit. You know, if you're told like you're never going to be something, you believe it. But there's a part of you that will weep and cry. You have to tune in in your cave and like, what is that voice that's crying about it? That's your soul that's saying that's not true. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you didn't feel that sadness or that uncomfortableness, then that would be your whole soul saying, yep, I agree. But there's something in there that's like, I'm not aligned to that feeling. And you have to go into it. And that's your heart. So listen into your heart and let it lead you out of your hell. Lead it, let help it, you know, let it lead you out of your dark night of the soul. You know, because it's going to take you so much more further than backwards. It won't even take you backwards. It makes you review, revise, you know, Mercury retrograde, you know, like look back sometimes, but it's only because we're still walking ahead on the journey. So appreciate looking back backwards, but that doesn't mean walk backwards and live in the past. Right. So yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is like the faith and the timing, but it's really just saying, yes, is your yes that important? It is. But you need to start believing that because like we can have every motivational speaker say it and motivate you. But the real motivational speaker is yourself, mm-hmm. you know, so you believe in, in that affirmation and let the affirmation become your life and not just words on paper. Mm, and let that affirmation become your life. Yes. Yes. And I just want to like affirm like and and bring light to like the ripple effect of life. Right. Like we really don't fully realize our impact and imprint in this world and just how much of an influence and and importance we are, significance we are in our life and being here. Because mm-hmm. you could do readings for people and you could think to yourself like, oh, I'm just impacting this one person. But no, because then the reading that they receive from you, they're going to go on, you know, feeling enlightened from that reading and impact so many other people. And then they're going to, you know, and it's this really beautiful ripple effect that I think just brings light to the truth that we're all here on purpose. And I'm grateful that you shared that because yes, the world needs more goodness, pure goodness. And I'm so grateful for you and I'm so grateful for this conversation. Um, So the final five is just five fill in the blank sentences. It could be one word or more than one word. Okay. You ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. I am grateful to know. To know you. (laughs) I'm grateful to know you and to know, to know all the people that I met on my path. Because like, again, like when I said earlier, like, when you're awake and you're into horoscopes and reading the magazine to your Scorpio and Libra, like I'm, I'm into it. But when you are by yourself in the nineties and early two thousands, like that's spiritual, you don't have people that get it. And it's super lonely, you know? So I'm grateful to know you and just others who not only believe it, but live in it, you know, because there's a point where it's like, a belief to it becomes an actuality and then you embody it. And I like meeting a lot of people who are embodying medicine and not just talking the talk. Like people, you can feel it when someone's energy field and aura is of goodness. And it's just so refreshing. 
Mm-hmm. And back to that story that I just said about not giving up, me saying yes to my higher self played a big ripple effect of I was supposed to help other people say yes to their higher self. And that's really what readings are about is like you have a higher self, you may be confused and I'm supposed to interpret and channel what your higher self is saying and you're supposed to say yes. So the world needs more higher selves and not lower selves. Hmm. I'm so grateful for that too. Just aligning with those people um, that are reflections of the truth that you're aware of. It just feels so affirmative. Um, I am grateful to receive. I'm grateful to receive love, and it's really receiving the truth of what the word means. I think that's the real blessing because I remember being young and even in my early two, you know, twenties, I'm like, I think I know what love is. And I had aspects, you know, but it was, it was still sprinkles of it. I didn't know the full encompassing total totality of what is love, but I, I learned it along the way. And it's just, it's the definition keeps getting bigger and bigger and more expansive. And it's like, this word is really powerful and I really know what it means. Like, cause now I can go to like old textbooks and even mystical, you know, poetry. And when they're tapping into the word love, I get it now. You know, when I was younger, it was just like, Ooh, I like the word, but now like I get the depth of the word. And it's like, I'm happy to receive the presence of love to receive a relationship with love to receive like, a best friend relationship with love and to receive the community that love gives me, you know? So it's like love has many faces and I love every single face of it. (laughs) Mm, I love that. I'm grateful to deepen. To deepen my relationship with spirit and my practice. Right. Um, I think that's the whole point of the journey is like to keep deepening and deepening until there's no more depths to go. And I think that's a fun ride to see how deep it can go um, and how high it can go because it's all a sacred dance. Yeah, that's actually a gratitude that I express every time I pray at my altar. Like, I'm so grateful to be deepening my relationship with you. And I pray that it continues to deepen. Um, Because, yeah, I'm I'm so curious. Like, how? let's see. Let's see how deep this can go. Um, And I am grateful to overcome. I'm grateful to overcome trauma and the ego trying to bully me. Because the ego was trying to take me out um, with emo Ray and the ego was trying to disempower me up for many different times and through different relationships that were bad relationships, you know, like it found a way to if it had an opportunity to like kick me, it did, you know, and I remember for many years feeling like I'm an underdog and there's so much beauty into the underdog story, but there's so much sadness if you live and you're the character <laughs> in the story. Cause it's like, uh, I'd rather see it in a movie and I root for them, but to live in it is not the vibe. Like that's a character role that's super hurtful and just too much to it. And I think the ego wanted me to be that, like, just be, you're a diamond, but just be in the rough. 
for a long time. You know, don't shine and really don't even be found. But if you allow yourself permission, your higher self digs up in the soil to find the diamond, which is you. And it wants you to shine, you know, so I'm just grateful for that and to leave trauma behind. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're a poet. <laughs> you are a poet. Ray, thank you again so much for this conversation. I sincerely value and honor your time and energy and I'm honored to have aligned with you. I'm honored to have this conversation and share this conversation with others. Um, and I thank you for being here and like, not just here in this conversation, but here, you know? Definitely. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. And I'm grateful for you and for holding space and I'm grateful for this timing that we had this episode now. Cause it feels right. Like this is the time we were supposed to have this. Mm-hmm. Yes.